Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Wednesday, uh, I come over here, and, and uh, Mary was practicing that song, and she, she said, what are you going to preach on? I said, I don't know yet. It's Wednesday. I, you know, I don't have to have anything until Sunday. She started singing that song, and it reminded me of a story, and, and I'm going to tell you the teacup story here a little bit. Uh, how many of you have a vivid imagination? All right, because this story is going to take a little bit of imagination, so you're going to have to hang on to it just a little bit. And I'm basing my scripture out of Isaiah uh, chapter 64, verses 8 and 9 <coughs> is where my scripture is going to be. And it goes right along with it. It's, it's the, the scripture about the potter. And uh, uh, before I get started, uh, and I was talking about your imagination, have you ever been in a place where you ask God, why in the world am I here? How come you brought me here, and I don't like it here, but evidently you've brought me here? Have you ever been in that, where you get kind of upset with God about what's happening? Whenever we lived in, we lived in the, the, the huge metropolis of Carter, Illinois. Anybody know where Carter is? All right. I, I didn't figure there was that many. That's more than the people that live there. <laughs> But we lived in we lived right downtown Carter, and uh, <coughs> across from us, there used to be an old church, and the church got tore down, and and uh, uh, there was a lady moved a trailer in there, and we called her the crazy lady, and she was by all definitions crazy. But one of the weirdest things that she ever done, she went, she got on a religious kick, and she was going around painting uh, uh, all different kinds of things on on the uh, the overpasses and 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 anywhere she could find concrete that people would see, she would take her spray can and, and spray something on there, you know, like uh, Jesus is coming back or Jesus loves you, and and doing things that was she shouldn't have been doing. Good Christian people don't deface other people's property. But one evening I was, I was outside and, and I heard her out there and she was standing in her yard shaking her fist up into heaven and cursing God. Now, I told you she was crazy, didn't I? And, but that, that has always stuck with me because sometimes, I'm going to kick that book off of here in a minute, sometimes we get angry with God. People get angry with God. And God is a lot of times molding us to what he really wants us to be, and, but we don't like the situation that God puts us in once in a while. I'll never forget whenever I got called into the ministry, 
uh, and I, I don't know if I've told you this story or not, and I'll, I'll get to my teacup story here in a little bit, but <laughs> I felt like God was wanting me to go into the ministry, so I said, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll teach a Sunday school class, and that'll be okay. And, and I, I, I started a class at the church, and uh, we started out with about four or five people, and, and before long, it was the biggest class, and, and uh, I said, well, this still isn't what God wants me to do, but I think God was training me and teaching me to study so that he would prepare me so that I could stand up here in front of you and tell you some dumb teacup tea story. But anyway, sometimes God puts us in these situations <laughs> that we are very uncomfortable with, and that's kind of what my story uh, uh, deals with. But if you have your Bibles in Isaiah 64 and chapter 8 and 9, and the New King James Version really words this particular verse oddly. It says, But now, O Lord... You are our father, we are the clay, and you our potter. Now, this is a, the next part of this verse is something I want you to kind of pay attention to because if you're using the, uh, the, the, the Bible in the pew, it's worded a little bit differently. But I really like the way the, the New King James is worded. It says, <coughs> the New King James, James says, And all we are the work of your hand. Now, your, your Bible more than likely reads, we are all the work of your hands. Okay? And as I was thinking about the difference in these and, <coughs> and looking at it, and, and I really kind of like the, 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 uh, the, the connotation that, that this writer is using. It says, we all, and all, let me back up, and all we are the work of your hands. Everything we are is the work of God's hands. Get where I'm coming from? And all we are, if you stop there, everything that we are, who we are, what we are, is because of God's hand and is forming us. Yes, we are all, if you want to read it that way, we are all the work of God's hands. But the, the way that this is, is worded, and all we are, not just all of us, but everything that we are is the work of God's hand. And I really like that, and I didn't notice that till this morning when I was reading over this again, sitting back there in the back, and, and I thought, uh, I was actually reading it on my phone, I said, oh, this is worded wrong. So I got my Bible out, and oh, it's worded right. But everything that we are, whatever it is, because we're all different, but everything that we are is because of God's hand. Whether, whether you're a car guy like me and, and, and some of the others, Chuck and, and Nikki, or whether, whether you're, you're a musician, or whether, it doesn't matter what you are, it's because of God's hand. Now, let me tell you a story, or begin the story. And pay attention, because you might get lost in this story. <laughs> there was a potter who decided he was going to make something one day. And, and uh, I, I love to watch people put stuff on the potter's wheel and, and form it and, and uh, uh, blow glass and that kind of stuff where they're creating things. I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, so <clears throat> sometimes we'll go to Branson and we'll watch the, the, the glass blowers, you know, and, and all that, and I, and I think that's fascinating. But this particular potter, he, he, uh, he left his... Uh, uh, workshop one day and he went down to the creek and he was walk, walking along the creek looking for some clay 
And this is where the story gets a little weird. <laughs> and he reached down and he got a handful of clay. And the clay said, pay attention now. And the clay said, I am perfectly content to stay right here beside the creek. You are still all with me? The clay said, I am perfectly content to stay right here. And as he picked it up, the clay said, I don't want to go with you. I want to stay here and live my life right here beside the creek like I have been for years. And, as I, and I bring that point out because when God calls you out of something, more than likely you are content exactly where you are. I was content before God called me into the ministry. I was content to sit back over there just about the same place we're sitting now. And maybe lead singing once in a while, maybe sing in the choir. I was content doing that. But God says, you need to come with me. And like everyone else, I said, no, I don't want to do that. And the clay said, I don't want to go. But you see, the potter had something different in mind than what the clay had. So he took the clay. He took it back to his shop. And he got his wheels spinning, you know, like they always do. And believe it or not, you don't just set that clay down there. You take it and go, <laughs> slam it down on there. And the clay said, hey, take it easy. I've got feelings, you know. And besides that, by the time it landed on the wheel, what was it doing? It was spinning. And the clay said, I don't like this. I don't like what I'm having to go through. Will you just please take me back to the creek and put me back where you found me? But the potter knew better. The potter had something better in mind. And as, as the, the, the potter's wheel began to spin, he began to stick his fingers down inside and draw it up. Make it round. And then he put his hands to the outside and he smoothed the outside. And still, all the time, the clay was saying, I'm getting dizzy. Will you please get me off of here? I don't like this. And before too long, the wheel stopped and he put a handle on it to make it a pretty little teacup. Now, after everything kind of settled down, after the hard part of, of the clay's life was, was coming to an end, the clay began to look at himself and he said, Hey, I don't look too bad. I kind of like this new look that I have. I kind of like this. But you know what? As soon as the potter got done spinning it and got it formed, the next thing he had to do was just put it on the shelf and let it dry. And as the cup was drying, he said, yeah, look at me. I look pretty good. Look, I'm a cup now. I'm not just an old piece of clay. I'm a cup. The potter made me into a cup. See what God has done in my life? And was very satisfied just sitting there on the shelf. 
Then one day the, the potter come back in and he takes the teacup off the shelf and guess where it goes? Into the fire. And the teacup said, oh, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this. It's hot. I can't, I, I can't do this. And sometimes God puts us through the fire, amen? Sometimes he makes us do things that we really don't want to do. And we're, we're thinking, I can't do this. I can't survive this fire. It's just too hard, and I just, I just can't do it. And I don't want to do it. No matter what God wants, I don't want to do that. You've all said that, haven't you? Because God has said to you sometime or another, you know, the church needs some help somewhere, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class, uh, the praise team, the greeters, uh, the greeters or, or the nursery. And we said, no, I, I can't do that. So-and-so would be better at that than I am. After the fire come out, after the, the teacup come out of the fire, it was put back up on the shelf. But now it was a useful vessel. Not completely done yet, but it was a useful vessel. And the teacup began to brag on himself just a little bit. Oh, so look at me. I'm the potter's favorite. I'm useful. See, I'm hard. I'm a vessel now. Look what I can do. And then a couple days later, the potter comes back. Reaches up off the shelf, and the teacup's saying, where are we going now? What you got in mind now? I kind of like it up here. Things are going good. I've been through the fire, so I don't have to worry about that. The potter takes a little teacup down, and even though it has been through the fire, it's still porous and not good for a teacup yet. So... The potter mixes up some glaze and pours all over it. <laughs> and the, the teacup's saying, ooh, this stuff's sticky. It stinks. I don't want to do this. I like being up there on the shelf. I want to stay up there. Leave me alone. God, leave, potter, leave me alone. And then guess what happens after the glaze is put on? It's back in the fire. And here we are, this little teacup again is back in the fire, screaming his lungs out, saying, I don't like this. Get me out of here, God. Get me out of here, Potter, because this is hot and I don't want to do it. And, and, and we get ourselves in some jobs uh, that once in a while we say, I really don't want to do this anymore. Even in our churches. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm hot. But you know what? The next time the potter takes the teacup out of the fire, sets it up on a shelf to cool, it is a complete useful vessel. You see, in our Christian walk of life, after, we, after God has taken us from the creek and formed us, let us go through the fire. Give us some time of rest. Let us go through the fire again. One of these days, we're going to be perfect. One of these days, we're going to be perfect. I don't know about the rest of you, but that's a big step for me. 
One of these days, we're going to be exactly like God wants us. And we will be totally useful and ready for whatever God has for us next. You see, remember the old song that was about probably 30 years ago? God's still working on me. Remember that? And he's going to be working on us until the day that we die. But the thing of it is, he wants us to be useful. He wants to be able to use us because he didn't just save you as a fire escape from hell. He saved you so that you would be a useful vessel in his kingdom. And you would be uh, uh, reaching out to the lost and dying world no matter how that God chose uh, to allow you to do that. Whether it's teaching, preaching, singing, it doesn't matter how it is. But God expects you to, talk, to reach out to the lost and dying world. That's what he really wants you to do, is to share the gospel. That's more like it. I thought I was going to have to bring that point out again. Now, verse 9. And then I'm going to close. Maybe. Do not be furious, O Lord. I really like this verse. Nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look. Please look. We all are your people. Please look. He said, don't be furious at us. God, don't be mad at us because we complained because the very first step you took us out of the creek and then, that, then you threw us on that wheel and then you put us on the shelf and then you threw us in the fire, you put us back on the shelf and then you poured glaze over us. Don't be mad at us because, <laughs> because we didn't like what we were going through. Don't be mad at us, God. Don't, and, and don't be like my neighbor and out there being, cussing God and shaking your fist at him because God is the greatest thing, the absolute greatest thing that has ever happened in your life life. There is nothing better that has happened to you than the day that you accepted Jesus as your Savior. I look back at some very important things that happened in my life, some very wonderful things that happened in my life. And, and uh, when Kay and I got married, that was a great day. She didn't think so, but I did. LAUGHTER and she had a, she had a, I'm going to tell you this story. She had a son whenever we got married, and I adopted him when he was, I think he was in the third grade, something like that, whenever I had finally got all the adoption things. And, and uh, I went to work one day, and, and uh, I said, well, got me a new son. The guy said, oh, yeah, what do you weigh? I said, 48 pounds. <laughs> uh, it was a great day. But the greatest day in my life was the day I told Jesus that whatever he wanted me to do, I would try my best to do it. There's nothing better that could ever happen to you than to accept Jesus as your Savior. Everything that we do in this world has an ending everything but God does not we can't comprehend something without an end but God is your eternal life that you're living in now will never end 
whether you are saved or not, your eternal life will never end. If you choose not to accept Jesus as your Savior, your eternal life will continue forever and ever and ever and ever, but not in a good place. It's like the little teacup that got thrown in the fire. But you see, that fire, that teacup got pulled back out. But if you don't accept Jesus, you stay in the fire. Forever and ever and ever. And just think, just accepting the fact that Jesus died on the cross... For the remission of your sins. Just accepting that by faith. Asking him to come into your heart. Believing that he did. And following him for the rest of the days of your life. You get to spend eternity walking on streets of gold. Seeing gates of pearl, mansions. But more important than that, you get to see Jesus. Amen. And live eternally with Him. Everything that we have is temporal here. But the decision to follow Jesus is eternal. I used to take a lot of motorcycle trips with my brother. We rode all over the United, continental United States. And I always liked it when he led. And he liked it when I led. And the reason I liked it when he led is I didn't have to worry about where I was going. As long as I saw that red taillight on the back of his Honda, I was good. I didn't have to look at a map. I didn't have to watch my speedometer. I could look around once in a while. Not too much. <laughs> Even if you're driving a car, don't look too much. But you get to enjoy the scenery because I was following him. He set the pace. He set the direction. He set the journey. And when I was leading, he had the same privilege. But you see... I follow, try my best to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He sets the pace. He sets the journey. He allows me to follow in comfort. He allows me to enjoy the things that he has for me. Are you following the Holy Spirit? Doing what he asks you to do? Or are you like the little teacup that complains every step of the way? I have learned through my years in the ministry that God doesn't really want your complaints. He wants your praise. And God, I thank you for taking me through the fire. Taking me through every step of my life. Do you? You see, that's what we come together for, is to worship how great God is. How great He is. And all we have to do is accept it. 
And he fills us with a joy that's unspeakable. When things go wrong in our life, when we get thrown in the fire, yeah, it hurts. But you know what? There's still joy in our hearts because we know that our hands or our hearts and our lives are in Jesus Christ. Do you know that? If not, I would love to come if you come and pray. Would you stand with me, please? We serve such a great God. And yes, he allows us to go through the fire. Yes, he allows us to get dizzy once in a while. Yes, he allows us to complain once in a while. But do we really have anything to complain about? We complain about the weather. We complain about everything. But you know what? We should be the happiest people in the world because we know where we're going when we lay this old body down and we're going to be with the Savior. I don't know about you, but that's great news for me. Brother Gary, what shall we sing? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.